The sermon today will be from Jonah 3. Before we get into our sermon, let's go to God once again in prayer. Father, by the power of your Spirit, illuminate your word today that we might understand, that we might be humbled, that we might turn to you, O God, for salvation belongs to you. And so we give you thanks and we trust that you will help us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming for wickedness, for rebellion, for evil. Judgment is coming. That's the message of Jonah to Nineveh in chapter 3 today. Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Jonah himself was overthrown. He was thrown over the side of a ship. He was rebelling from God. He was running from God's presence. And in judgment, he was thrown into the sea. And as Jonah sank down in the judgment of God, as he sank down in the sea, and the weeds wrapped around his head, and he sank down to the very roots of the mountain, as chapter 2 says... Just before it was all over, just before black, Jonah remembered salvation belongs to God. Jonah remembered he was humbled and he turned to God and cried out to him. And by the lips of a great fish, Jonah was He was swallowed up by this great fish and vomited out onto dry land. And here, on dry land, is where we find Jonah today in chapter 3, at the starting line, ready to go. Hear the word of God from Jonah, chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise! Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. This ends the reading of God's holy and applicable word. Thanks be to God. Amen. Everything needs a starting point, right? Everything needs a starting point. You can't start a basketball game without a tip-off. Can you start the Indy 500 if you don't have a starting line? Can you start Saturday afternoon football without a coin toss? I submit that you cannot. Everything needs a starting point. The coin is tossed, and the game commences. 
Jonah finds himself at the starting point once again. We find ourselves in the very same place that Jonah was in in chapter 1, ready to set out on the work of God, proclaiming a message of judgment to Nineveh. That's the starting point. And Jonah's work is to go and proclaim a message of judgment. Right. Our sermon today is all about judgment. But take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. It's important to understand God's judgment. In our passage today, we see the fruit of judgment. We see that Nineveh is humbled. We see that Nineveh believes in God. And eventually we'll see that God relents and he doesn't destroy Nineveh. Grace comes through the word of God. And the word of God brings news of judgment. Grace comes through the word of God. And the word of God brings judgment. We'll see that in our passage today in three sections. First, the word of God in Jonah's ears. Second, the word of God on Jonah's lips. And third, the word of God ears. The word of God in Jonah's ears, on Jonah's lips, and in the ears of Nineveh. Everything starts with the word of God. Look at verse 1. When the word of God came to Jonah, everything sets off from the word of God. Creation starts with the word of God, so why not here in chapter 3? Why not here at the start of Jonah's new mission? to go forth proclaiming this judgment. The word of God is the source of all action. It was the source of action here in chapter 3, and it was the source of action in chapter 1. In chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, Arise and go to Nineveh. But the action was different. There was still action, but the action was different. Jonah the first time, rebelled from God. God said, arise and go to Nineveh. Jonah arose and went to Tarshish. God said, arise and pronounce a word of judgment on the evil of Nineveh. Jonah arose and took a nap. Not a very good prophet. Jonah is a pretty crummy prophet in chapter 1. His only job was to proclaim the word of God, and it took a crew of swarthy sailors to throw him into the sea. It took the judgment of God bearing down on Jonah for him to get to work. The word of God is the start of all action, but as the word of God comes to Jonah, we see that the word of God is a word of grace. You see, we see that here at the end of verse 1. The word of God came to Jonah a second time. We see God's grace here a second time. Not only was Jonah saved from the sea by a great fish and spit out onto land, revived back to life, but he was called back to his purpose as a prophet to proclaim the message of judgment to Nineveh. This is the grace of God. Jonah went from crummy prophet back to the starting line. 
He was at the starting line and he ran backwards. And God picks him up and he puts him back at the starting line and he says, Jonah, let's give this another try. This is God's grace. This is the faithfulness of God to bring Jonah back to where he needs to be. So first, in a sermon that's all about judgment, let's not forget God's grace. We serve a gracious God. And brothers and sisters, for you who believe in Jesus Christ, no matter what you've done, no matter how you've messed up, no matter how long you've messed up, we serve a gracious and faithful God. Don't forget that as we go through this message of judgment. We serve a faithful God. We see God's faithfulness because as Jonah gets up and goes, he's successful. The word of God comes to Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh. The second time, what did Jonah do? Well, he arose and he went. Arise and go, rebel, to arise and go, get up and go. That's what we want to see, right? Jonah has been restored. In this, we can see the great power of God's word in Jonah's ear. As the word of God comes to Jonah's ear, now we see the power of Jonah to be obedient, to overcome his rebellious ways. You see, we serve a faithful God. And so God has prepared Jonah through the depths of the sea, through the belly of the fish, now onto dry land, and Jonah is prepared by what he's gone through in his life. By the troubles that Jonah has been through, now he's prepared to go out and share a message of judgment to God. So as the word of God comes to Jonah's ear, first we see that the word of God is gracious, and that the word of God is powerful. That's our first part. It goes from the ears of Jonah. Our second part is that it comes out of the lips of Jonah. God saw fit to deliver Jonah by the lips of a fish, and God sees fit now to deliver Nineveh by the lips of Jonah with the word of God on his lips. That's one of the crazy things about words, right? It's, it's in our head, and we've got to communicate Words have to be communicated. They have to go out. And so if Jonah's going to be obedient and bringing the word of God to Nineveh, they have to come out of Jonah. They have to come out of Jonah's words. And we can share words in all kinds of ways, but Jonah's called to come and proclaim them to Nineveh. And what we see as this message is communicated, this message of judgment, is that this message of judgment is powerful. And not only is it powerful, but it's exceedingly powerful. Calvin asks the question, how could this one man, how could this one man going into this great city, this exceedingly great city, how could he ever hope to overturn this city without an army, without a, a single sword, with nothing but the word of God? To overturn an exceedingly great city Jonah needs to rely on an exceedingly great word. The message of judgment is exceedingly powerful, and it was powerful enough to overturn the entire city of Nineveh in the rebellion against God. So first, 
we see that the word of God on Jonah's lips, this message of judgment is exceedingly powerful, but it's also exceedingly effective. We see in verse 3 that Nineveh was a three days journey in breadth. How exceedingly great was this city? It was a three-day journey to walk across it. That's a pretty big city. I think you could row and be in home at time for lunch, you know, probably. So to put it in perspective, Nineveh's a big city. Now, as he goes out to proclaim this message, we see in verse 4, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And what happened? The people believe. So here we can see that not only is the word of God exceedingly powerful, it's exceedingly effective. Not even halfway through his journey through the city, and the city Yes, the message of judgment is powerful. It is effective. An action comes from the word of God, but if it's to be the action that God is looking for, it's really important that we're careful with this message of judgment because it should come out of our lips. We should share this message with the world. But we need to be careful things that are exceedingly powerful, exceedingly effective, you need to be careful with them. The exceedingly powerful message is judgment. And when I say judgment, you may even kind of feel a little twinge in your heart. Who are you to judge me, sinner? That's right. Who am I to judge you? But here's the kicker. It's not me that's judging you. It's the word of God. This is the only thing that Jonah goes into the city with, is the word of God. And as he pronounces a message of judgment to Nineveh, he sticks to the script. He sticks to the script. If we go out and share a message of judgment with the world, it is vital that we stick to Scripture. We know later on in the book of Jonah that Jonah doesn't like Nineveh very much. In fact, he hates them so much, he wants them all to die. That's not liking somebody a lot. And yet here, we have no emotion recorded in chapter 3. The only thing that Jonah does is go out to proclaim the message of judgment, to proclaim the word of God, and it's effective. So if I'm calling you to go out and share a message of judgment with the world, do so with great caution and stick to the script. There's no need for Jonah to introduce his feelings about Nineveh's sin, about maybe how he finds them distasteful, or about maybe how he disagrees with them politically. He sticks to the word of God. In yet 40 days, and Nineveh will be overturned. This is an important lesson for us because the word of judgment is an effective tool in evangelism, but only if we stick to the script. So the word of God comes to Jonah's ears. It comes out of his lips with exceedingly great power and effectiveness. And it comes to the ears of Nineveh. So what happens with this word of judgment in the ears of Nineveh? Look at verse 5. The people of Nineveh believed God. They believed Now, this word believe in the Hebrew, oh, here we go into Hebrew. Guess what? You already know this word. The root of this word is 
Amen. Have you ever heard that word? <laughs> Amen. We say it all the time. Amen. Now, for us, oftentimes we use it as a celebration, right? Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Our sins are forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You may think that it's a celebration. But the word amen is not a celebration. It's a term of consent. I that this is true. That's what we say when we say amen. We can say amen to many things, to everything in Scripture. Scripture says that the wages of sin is death. We can say amen to that. It's not something that we celebrate, but we can say amen. I trust it. That's true. Scripture tells us that none are righteous, not one. We can say amen to that, but we're not celebrating it. That's a sad fact, but we can say it's true. Scripture tells us, and it's true. Amen. When it says that they believed, you can imagine Jonah's walking down the street, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overturned. And someone sticks their head out the window and says, Amen. It's not because he's celebrating the destruction of his city or that he's going to be overthrown. It's because he's saying, I believe what he's saying. I believe that the judgment of God is coming. They trusted in this. And what we see here is that belief follows action. True belief or action follows true belief. That's what we see. They call for a fast. They put on sackcloth. These are, these are ways that people would mourn. These are ways that people would show how, how terrified they were at this thought that their city was going to be overthrown. They were lamenting the fact that their city was gone in 40 days if they didn't do anything about it. They called for a fast, and they put on sackcloths. They humbled their heart. They believed the message of judgment, and they humbled their heart. This is one of the fruits of the message of judgment, is a humble heart. And this is a good thing. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's a good thing. The Psalms say, he leads the humble in what is right. And he teaches the humble his way. That's a good thing. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. James says that God opposes the proud. And he exalts the humble. Humility is a fruit of judgment. The message of judgment. And humility is a good thing. They believe this word of judgment and they take action. That's what happens when the world hears this powerful and effective message of judgment. Now, who is this judgment for? The end of verse 5 says it's from the greatest of them to the least of them. To the least. I don't know if anybody's left out there. Later on, we see it's from the king to the cattle, right? He goes beyond people, and even the cattle are repenting, are humbled. 
We could say from the president to the porcupines or whatever animal that starts with P that you like. Everybody in the city was humbled by this message of judgment. Why? Why is that? It's because the message of judgment is for everyone. It's for everyone, no matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are. The message of judgment is for everyone. No matter how smart you are or how ignorant you are, the message of judgment is for everyone. No matter how generous no matter how nice or mean, if we rebel from God, wrath comes. We will never be nice enough to be perfectly holy like our holy God. And a lack of holiness is a transgression, a sin of our God. And so if you are not perfectly holy, the wrath of God comes for you too, for me as well, for everyone. This message of judgment was from the greatest, for the greatest of them to the least of them. So here, this message of judgment. Hear it and hear me well. No jokes aside, or all jokes aside, the message of judgment is for all of the world. But grace comes through the word of God. This word of God brings news of judgment, fruit of humility. It's gracious to share judgment with the world because it's not gracious if you know something's coming and you don't say anything. It's not gracious if you know the wrath of God comes for the judgment of the unrighteous and that word does not come out of your lips. That is an act. And so we need to share that message. We need to give them every chance possible for rescue. That's the only gracious thing. Because brothers and sisters, there's another day of judgment coming. Nineveh had their day of judgment. They had 40 days to prepare, and then they would be overthrown. But another day of judgment comes when the Lord Jesus Christ will come again. When he will come to judge the living and the dead and the righteous and the unrighteous will be separated and the wrath of God will be poured out on all the unrighteous. This is a terrible, terrible thing to consider. And it would be ungracious to not say so. If you don't repent of your sin, the wrath of God is for you. God will not relent. But here's the thing. If you do repent of your sin, God still does not relent of his wrath. 
But that is the good news of the gospel. That is the good news of the gospel. Because as Jesus Christ hung on the cross, God did not relent, but he poured out all of his wrath for those who believe in Jesus. He poured out all of his wrath on Jesus Christ as he died there on the cross for the forgiveness of the sins of everyone who believes in him. On the cross, Jesus Christ drank every last drop of that foaming cup of God's wrath, and there is not one drop left for any of you who believe in Jesus Christ because justice has been served. God doesn't relent, but while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And so if you believe that today, you understand that the word of God comes in grace. If you understand that today, you know that the word of God comes in the power to overcome your sin. If you understand that today, brothers and sisters, hear me. The only gracious course of action is for you to share a message of judgment to a hurting, confused, and dark world who need to know the judgment comes so that they can repent and turn to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Father, your word reveals your grace to us. And your actions show that you are true and faithful Lord Jesus, your death on the cross proves your great love for all of God's people. Give us the power of your spirit that we might go forth and carefully apply this message of judgment, speaking it to all in truth and love, that all your people may be called from darkness to light, that we might join into the great work of reconciliation, the mission of our Jesus Christ, for your glory and his name. Amen. Amen. Let us rise now and affirm our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. Brothers and sisters, in whom do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.